everybody, and welcome to the Yarn Thing Podcast with Marley Bird. I'm your host, Marley Bird. You can catch the Yarn Thing Podcast live every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 10 o'clock Mountain Time. That's 12 o'clock on the East Coast, 9 o'clock on the West Coast, and 11 o'clock in the Midwest. If you're anywhere else in the world and would like to join us live for the podcast, please Google what time 10 o'clock Mountain Time is for you. I do live in Denver, Colorado, if that helps you uh, navigate what time zone that might be. And come and join the fun. There is always a live chat that happens in the Blog Talk Radio uh, broadcast area, and there is a Facebook Live behind the scenes that you're more than welcome to watch, um, and that is available at facebook.com forward slash Marley Bird, and you can always subscribe or like or follow the Marley Bird Facebook page and um, get updates whenever I do go live, and I don't go live a whole lot, but um, I do go live for the podcast every Tuesday and Thursday when I'm doing the show, and then um, some various special events or whatnot or if my daughter takes my phone and decides to uh, do like a secret shopper sort of thing, but totally behind my back. Anyway, um, so that's, those are some different ways that you can uh, tune into the, the show and be a participant during the live broadcast. <clears throat> I'm going to say thank you to our lovely sponsors, Buffalo Wool Company, Creative Bug, Erin Lane Bags, Craftsy.com, Stitches.Events, and Red Heart Yarns, where I'm the proud national spokesperson. You can learn more about the sponsors by visiting marleybird.com and clicking on the sponsor menu, drop down menu, and uh, there's a link to each one of the sponsors right there. So please go to them and tell them hello and thank you for sponsoring the Yarn Thing Podcast. These sponsors have been around for years, you guys. They have been very loyal. They love the podcast. They love the guests and they love you guys, the fans. So please go say hello to all of them. I I am super stoked about today's guest because she is a good friend of mine. And if you had a chance to listen to her episode when she was on the podcast in 2013, you probably could absolutely tell that, I mean, she's my people. We just, we just clicked. So the, literally the first time I met her, uh, it was just kind of like, where have you been my whole life? Because you are so much like me. We are so much alike, and you are fantastic. And so we just became instant friends, and I, I don't see her nearly enough, but I'm always following her on Facebook, and we'll send, you know, little responses back and forth to each other's threads, and I'm just, I'm so happy that she's coming back on the podcast today, and I am talking about the one, the only, Fiona Ellis. So, hi, Fee. How are you? Hey, I'm well, thanks. How are you, Molly? I am doing fantastic. It is it is Thursday, which is like the, is it almost Friday day? I know. <laughs> uh, so, so, work is going well. The kids are doing good. Like, I'm in a really good place in my life. How about you, now that you have full use of your hands? Yeah, well, um, 90% use of my hand, yeah. Um, the knitting thing came back on Friday, so woohoo! I'm like, I'm so excited that my knitting is back. Um, and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, I tripped and fell at the end of January and broke my left wrist, which required surgery, and so I've got a really lovely, um, just shy of four-inch scar on my uh, left wrist, and I'm berating the fact that it's not actually four inches because then I could use it to measure gauge, right? 
job on it that um it's not one of those horrible frankenstein looking things it's i warned him i told him it's going to have to be beautiful because you know i stitch for a living so you yeah. better make it good and then when i first saw it when they took the first cast off i'm like oh good job that's really neat and he said thank god he said it took me longer to sew it up than it did to do the surgery and i'm like oh, no and he said no i'm just kidding with you <laughs> oh, that's hilarious that's hilarious yeah, so even my surgeon, you know, like I get to mess about and, and uh, I, I don't take life too seriously, you know. <laughs> great. That is yeah. so great. Well, uh, Fiona, let's tell everybody a little bit about you because it has been a while since you've been on the show. Um, it has, so yeah. I, it's been, and I was shocked that it's been so long. And you know what it is? I think it's that it's, we have one of those friendships that, you know, we go through long periods of time that we don't see each other, but it just feels like yesterday when we get together, it's like, oh, there you are. Okay, let's talk. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally, yeah. But um, so let's take it back for everybody and kind of give them a rundown of when you learned to knit and how it became, you know, how you evolved into where you are now. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, how long have you got? Um, I um, I learned to knit when I was about five, and like a lot of people, my grandmother taught me. So, you know, I've been knitting for about, you know, like 15 or 16 years now because um, really I am only 20 <laughs> um, in my dreams. And uh, Oh, and that's the other thing I was going to say. You know, like, we go way back, but we've never got any older, you know, like the two of right. us, right? <laughs> I know. And my uh, hair has stayed the same color the whole time. Oh, well, mine doesn't. Mine changes from week to week, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I learned in it when I was a, a kid, and, you know, I used to make, um, like, all sorts of hideous things for my dolls. Um, I was always experimenting, and, uh, you know, my poor dolls were, like, terrible fashion victims because I would come up with, you know, like, really experimental things because as a kid, you don't know any different and you haven't been kind of like um you know put into a little box to say this is good this is not good and what have you and you really learn when you experiment like that um so i used to make all the my dolls clothes i used to make a lot of my own clothes because i sew as well and uh so they were some hideous things as well along the way um and and then i went to university to study fashion and textile design and um i actually have a degree in fashion knitwear design so i specialized in knitwear and i further specialized in hand knits so my whole degree collection was hand knit which meant I was burning that midnight oil, you know, even when I was in, in art school, um, just the same way as you and I do now to make deadlines for, you know, for publications. So that was a good lesson, <laughs> you know. Um, um, and then I, I had a, an agent who used to sell my design to uh, the big fashion houses in uh, New York and London and Paris. So I was basically designing for ready-to-wear, but they were done through an agent, so I didn't work directly with that, the fashion houses. But they would buy what is called a concept, and then they put it into production. So again, still fairly experimental stuff, um, but with an eye to mainstream and, and stuff. And then I met Trisha Malcolm from Vogue Knitting, 
um, the editor of Vogue Knitting Magazine, and she introduced me to this whole world of like the home knit market, which I was aware of, but I didn't know how one worked in that industry. And so she kind of like sucked me in, and my first designs for Vogue were published in, I want to say, 1999. Was that last century? Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, oh. you know, and then like you know, then we do oh and the rest is history. So yeah, I've been designing for the home knit market since then. Um and I've been published in, you know, all of the big magazines and as the transition to online came in, I've worked a lot with Twist Collective. I love working with those guys. Um I have craftsy classes as do you and published two books. And, oh, yeah, onwards and onwards, right? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I've always geeked out by the fact that you have, like, an actual knitting degree. Like, I think that's so – like, I had um, uh, Josh Bennett on the podcast recently, and he was talking about being able to go to FIT, you know, and and, yeah. and focusing in men's knitwear. And I'm, I mean, I'm so jealous of those of you who've been able to actually take – I want to say real classes on the subject because I feel like you have such a better understanding and grasp of everything I, we're doing. Yeah, I actually think it's really cool that all of us in the industry come from all sorts of different backgrounds, and I think we all bring something different. Um, so I wouldn't say that it's better, it's just different. And I think that you know people who come from a technical background bring a lot of the mathematic skills and all of that kind of thing to the table. Um, I think what Josh and I bring is sort of, you know, that idea to experiment. Because when you're in art college, you know, you do all sorts of, uh, you know, the weirder the better, you know, like setting fire to stuff and melting things and painting on it and the stuff that you can't really do commercially. Um, but that frees you up to kind of come up with new ideas and, and how would you do that in a commercial setting. So, you know just a different approach I think I love it it. and you know speaking about what you bring to the table as far as different placements I don't I don't think you mentioned it but you used to work in the world of cosmetics and like color I I did yeah there was my little what I call my previous life so in between um, like finishing kind of like high school and then before going to university, it's become like the thing in Britain to take a gap year, like Prince William really set the trend, but um, I was there before he was. Um, So my gap year um, became 11, which, you know, it's like, it's crazy. It's not supposed to be. You're supposed to go off and, you know, do something, I don't know, volunteer overseas or or whatever. Um, But I actually started working in um, the textile industry, which then, you know, died in Britain. And so I kind of moved into the cosmetic industry. So working with color closely and the fashions for the face are closely allied to what we wear. Um, And I, I worked there for sort of, you know, eight, nine years um, before I just decided this is not what I really wanted to do. I wanted to work in fashion. So I went back to university after a hiatus. And uh, so I was a mature student, which is probably why I keep denying how old I am the whole time, you know. But, you know, it's it's interesting because, and I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I remember being in college and we called them the non-traditional students. They were the older students who kind of, they'd been out in the world and had their, you know, hard knocks a little bit. And that they came back knowing exactly what they wanted to learn and what their plan was. And they were yeah. the best students because 
they had that plan. It wasn't just like, okay, this is the next step. I go to college. All right, I got to go take this class. It was, okay, I'm doing this, and they had a purpose for it. Um, yeah, like some, yeah, and so you've given up a lot of things in order to yeah. be able to do that, you know, stuff that, you know, the comfy things in life, uh, you've right. given up the security of a job and all of that to go back and you, you're going to make it work and you're going to put in that extra time. doesn't yeah. mean I didn't, you know, spend time in the bars drinking as well, but, you know, less so than if I had been, you know, 19 or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Now I'm as as I'm older and wiser, I look back and I look at those non-traditional students, students and they're so inspiring. And I often think about, you know, what it would take for me to go back to work or not to work to to college like that. And gosh, I just don't I just don't know if I could do it. But at the same time, if I was putting forth my own money to pay for something like that, you bet your bottom dollar I'd be getting A's. You know, like yeah, yeah. you got to do. So yeah, I'm, sure. I'm sure we've talked about this before, but. How do you think your experience with dealing with the color and the cosmetic industry really helped you on um, the knitting side, especially in what you're doing now and putting together the patterns and the and the colors of the pieces you're doing um, for the private market? You know, not for not for the mass stores and stuff, but for the you you used a word. Uh, did you call it the at home market or something like that? Yeah, I wish there was a better term for it, but, you know, the, the, the home knitters, the people who are knitting, you know, at home, it's not as a commercial enterprise, but there should be a better term for that kind of craft, it, you know, and I haven't come up with a good one yet, so, um, um, yeah, so it's distinct from the ready-to-wear, um, you know, people who are making things for the love of it. Um, so how does that influence my color? Um, I guess because I, you know, have delved into a lot of color theory, but I don't sit down and like, oh, let's try and come up with an analogous color scheme with, you know, or whatever. I don't use theory like that. I use it if things aren't working out, then you can kind of figure out how to tweak it to make it work. Um, but um, I get uh, my eye has really well tuned to color matching. So I'm really, really good on reds because I worked on lipsticks for so long that, you know, everything was reds, oranges, corals, peaches, you know. Um, so I think that it just means that you get very sensitive the, to the specifics about color you don't you know it's not just red it's what is it a warm red or a cool red you know and so on you sort of kind of get into into that way of thinking more that's great um yeah yeah um and also the fact that light plays a huge difference on how a color will appear so to go back to the part i did before i was in cosmetics i was working for a dyers and finishers so they were producing fabrics that were one of the components used in, in lingerie, specifically bras. So <laughs> this is one of those things where everybody gets freaked out. Like, now I'm going to talk about bras. So if you think <laughs> about how a bra is constructed, it has all these different components that are made from different materials. So the elastic part and the lace part, different fabrics, sometimes different fiber contents. But they all have to match within the garment. So they need to be color matched within whoever's producing each of those fabrics and they may not be the same manufacturer. Um, and then you put into like, do they match in daylight and artificial light? And what about the lighting that's in the store? And they have to match under all of those conditions. Otherwise the product doesn't look good. Um, so you have to get really a real understanding of what the temperature of the light that's hitting it, what, what that does to colors. How interesting. I'd never thought of that before. Yeah, never I know. It's kind of cool. It's called metamerism, yeah. actually. 
Um, so something that's not um, is metameric. Hang on, I'm non-metameric or metameric. I'm going to get it wrong now. Um, one of them means it does match in all light conditions, and the other means it doesn't. So it changes when you get a different light. Is non-metameric, I think, but I stand. I may stand corrected on that one. Very cool, man. Learn yeah. something new every day. Learn something there new every day. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good at Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> I, love I love it. So, you know, in the time that you and I have, have worked together, you've done a lot of different things. And I know that I just want to touch on this briefly because I, because we have mentioned it the last time you were on the show. We talked about your relationship with Lorna's Laces and Soak, which I love Soak. I think mm. they're amazing. I love Lorna's oh, Laces. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that still happening? I just kind of want to bring people up to date if they've listened to the other podcasts, you know. Oh, know okay. Um. I, I like to work in collaboration with people. I've found that that's um, something that I'm really, really enjoying these past few years. And um, I'm not doing anything specifically with Soak right now um, or with uh, Lorna's Laces, except Beth Casey and I from Lorna's Laces are going to be teaching at the same retreat in this coming fall. Um, and that's always a ton of fun. Um, she's really wonderful. And we're actually going to sort of co-teach a class. So she's going to have the students dying, and I'm going to be talking about color, but we're both going to talk to them about our view on color and color matching and selecting of colors because we're both going to have a different approach. And then they're going to get, like, two instructors instead of just one. So That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. So I love, you know, that we get to be creative in our thinking as well as actually on our needles, you know. Right, right. Um, I'm going to bring this up, too, because one of our mutual friends, Carol Solkowski, has written several different books, and you, like me, have contributed to patterns to those books, and one of which is Lace Yarn Studio and Self-Striping Yarn. You have a couple patterns in there in those books, which is always fun to be able to collaborate once again, even when it's with another designer in a book situation like this. But one yes, collaboration indeed. that is new for you that I was literally tickled when I saw the email was your collaboration with Web. Do you want to tell people about that? Okay. Quick aside, I noticed um, on the notifications this morning, it's Carol's birthday. So happy birthday, happy birthday, Carol! Yeah, oh, happy birthday, um, yeah. Carol. So, sorry. I exactly happy birthday to Carol. Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday, Carol. Um, so, Webs. Yeah, um, I was lucky enough to do that. Um, Kathy Elkins from Webs um, approached me about this, and also another creative thinker. And she had this plan to have a designer in residence. So she used me and, oh, my gosh, I'm forgetting her name, a crochet designer. Um, also, she featured both of us throughout the year. So on each alternate month, um, we did a design for them in their in their yarns. Um, and so we were a resident, you know, not actually physically there, but throughout the whole year. Um, and so we, I got to do six patterns for them, and we... Uh, um, it was a lot of fun. So we got, you know, I like to then try and think of like the web's customer and what kind of things going to appeal to them and then using their wonderful yarns. And then also, you know, you get to um, 
coordinate with, what's the word I'm looking for here, you know, actually um, access to their customers. So you get to hear from the web's customers about what they like about the patterns and, 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 you know, questions and so on and so forth. So it was really, really fun to actually work with in collaboration and uh, have access to their customers. And, uh, you know, it's a a win-win situation, right? That's awesome. I love it. And the designs are simply gorgeous. Um, you're you're known very much for your, your detail in your designs and it's it's always so beautiful. And you're gonna have to remind me, I mean, your your cables don't look like they're just picked out of a book. It looks like you, you design a lot of the cables yourself. Is that true? I, yeah, yeah. Or I might springboard from something that already exists and then make yeah. it my own. But um, I'm always trying to come up with something that is, is really unique. And you're basically kind of like drawing a line with, with a cable and what kind of shapes can you create. I've um, developed paisley patterns. Um, the latest issue of Twist Collective has a uh, design called Cranston, which is inspired by um, the Scottish artist or architect Charles Rennie McIntosh and some of the lines that he used in, in his work. Um, I'm a big fan of, excuse me, of his. And so, you know, looking at um, maybe a more traditional cable and then giving it my own take and uh, you know, going off, it makes the cable, sometimes the charts are a little complex or there's multiple charts because there's a cable, then a transition, and then another cable and, and so on. But um, I think that makes for really interesting, exciting knitting. Um, so I often say that some of my designs are for adventurous cable knitters because they're not the things where you can just plug it in and it's eight rows and you just repeat the same thing through the whole garment. There's these interesting transitions and morphs that happen throughout the garment. Right. I mean, it's, it's stunning. It's stunning. And I love that, you know, it's, it's there's a lot of designers who come out and it's very, it's, it's cookie cutter, you know, cause a sweater is a sweater is a sweater, but the mm-hmm. fact that you come up with your own, your own design, whether you springboard from another one or not, you, it's, it's at the end, it's your own design, but yeah. more often than not, you will put the details in places that are not just always the same. It's not, always you know in down the front or always down the back there might be something on the sleeve there might be something on the side it might be partially on the front maybe all the way around the cowl like it's, yeah. it's so unique and how do you like is that just kind of as you're going along you're like this would be really cool or i'm getting bored with this i'm gonna try something else like how does it work for you um, usually those ones where it's the placement on the garment happens at the sketch level. So I might create the cable and then once I actually have that swatch, then you can hold it against your body and look where it would be flattering to have it. Yeah, so there are some areas that, you know, you really just want to avoid having a big feature or, you know, there's areas. I mean, if I had, if it was visual, I could show you. You're like, okay, maybe you don't want some something placed right over the center of your boob or whatever, or maybe you don't want to be highlighting some area of your body that's, you know, less than flattering. So I do a lot of things that focus the eye towards the face because most people want us to look there. So um, I, I think about that. So it happens at a sketch level, um, and I'm looking at the garment as a whole rather than just plonking a pattern anywhere or just throughout the whole garment. And I think that's what makes it more exciting to knit. Um, But my kind of philosophy is that when we're making something by hand, we're, we're basically making a couture garment. 
and we're in control of every single element that's happening in there, right down to the finishing and the neckline treatment and all of that. So you want to add, think about the details. It's not a cheap manufacturing process where you're just going to neaten the edge. What happens when you neaten the edge? You've got an opportunity to do something beautiful as well. That's my philosophy. I love it. I love it. And it it shows in your work. You have beautifully well thought out conceptual designs. Like they are beautiful. And many of them uh, you have available in your Ravelry store, which is amazing. Um, The the Ravelry store is amazing. Not the fact that you have them all there. The Ravelry store is amazing. Um, People can pick up all of these beautiful patterns and they're you know, very they're very well thought out, and they're usually sized up to a fairly a fairly good size. Like some some of them, I yeah. can actually wear. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I want to be able to wear my own designs as well. I don't get a chance to make them very often, but I do want them to be available to you know girls who are not right. Tiny. Right. Yeah. I love it. Now, with um, your relationship with Twist Collective, it, it's always, you've done such beautiful work with them. Um, just because I'm curious, I don't know if we've talked about this or anything, but, you know, when you are putting together a design for them, do they kind of give you an idea? Just kind of like, do they plant the seed and then you just sprout the, the beautiful design? Or how does it work for you when you're working with that? Um, it's a little different with Twist because I've built such a um, a sort of a great relationship with them, and I guess I'm at a point in my career where I've, I am able to to do this with other publishers as well. Um, that they want basically what they're looking for are really unique patterns, so they want the best of my of our work, has whatever the designer is. You know, they want our best ideas, so they try not to constrain us in. We ne- we only want this. You know, this is the story we're going for. Like they're like show me your best and then they will kind of like fit the story together around um the pieces and so they'll have you know you can tell when they've chosen the the real diva pieces and then the more supporting pieces that you know the sort of the saturday sweater the one that you're going to throw on and is really comfortable and you wear like a lot and then there's the one that's like spectacular and eye-catching and and what have you so they do a good selection of of all of those um but um kate gilbert um you know encourages us to just send in our best ideas she has a theme and she sends those out to us um but i tend to use that as a very loose framework um for you know i got an idea of what kind of garments she's looking for for that particular issue um but it's really neat that i can you know do things um there was one time um i did a project for vogue knitting and trisha called me and said i want a cable sweater so i'm sending you yarn cable me something and i'm like what a fabulous position to be in you know right right (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that's really kind of cool. But, um, you know, I am still able to to come up with designs that are fairly specifically to fit into, you know, this is this issue, this is the the techniques we want to feature and that I can do that. But um, I've kind of gravitated towards the relationships where I can just do kind of like my own thing and then people select from um, sort of a catalog of things because I never come up with just one idea. Right. I love that. So you mentioned that you're going to be teaching that double class with Beth Casey, but you know, how does, how does your teaching schedule fit into your everyday life? Like I think you have a really, really strong and and good work life balance. 
Um, at least that's yeah. what it that's what it looks like from the outside. You look like you have a very <laughs> Um, yeah, so where yeah I've, I've worked hard to do that, and I know that a lot of us really struggle with that, and there have been times oh, yeah. when that's not the case, um, but you sort of learn along the way, and you say, well, these are the things that I'm really good at, or these are the things I prefer to do. Um, so I've been very selective about um, teaching engagements, and especially this year. Um, and I'm actually really excited. Um, next month, April, I'm going to be out in Edmonton at River City Yarns, who I've also built a really strong relationship with, designed some patterns for in their um, in-house yarns. And I've um, and then I'm going to be teaching for my own guild here in Toronto at the end of April. That's cool. So you're doing yeah. some good teaching gigs. So that's that's fantastic. People will be able to go find you. And as you mentioned earlier, you do have some crafty classes where people can always go and take your lovely classes because they're just they're fantastic. They're absolutely amazing. Um, and we have a couple questions here on Facebook Live. Uh, Tammy would like to know what do you prefer? And I think I know the answer to this. Do you prefer or what? It, what's your favorite? Cables or lace or color work? Ooh, ooh, that's a tricky one. I guess, I guess it would always be cables, but closely followed by color work. I, huh? I go back and forth between the two. Um, I've done more cable work, and I think I'm known for that. And I think I, my unique take on that tends to, you know, kind of cement in people's idea minds. But I'm really, I'm very, very strongly sort of drawn towards color work. And specifically right right now, I know it's going to be a color work period because I was just up in Montreal um, to see an exhibition of Chagall's work, um, a whole exhibition on his work. And I, the colors were so amazing that I just know I'm going to be on a color kick for a while. So if you ask me this week, color's really strong, but generally <laughs> speaking, <laughs> the cables are really strong too. So it's between the two, um, and lace work would be a, a third. It would be, you know, lower down. Yeah, not that that's I don't awesome. like it. <laughs> that's, I, I get that. I get that. I love cables. I love the look of cables. They're just beautiful. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, somebody else is asking if you per if you are a uh, knitter and a crocheter or just a knitter. Um, I do crochet, and I have written some crochet patterns, but um, I wouldn't describe myself as a as an expert crocheter. I like to use crochet as details and sort of adding it to. I'm not one of those people who think that knit and crochet should never be in the same garment. Um, I actually like to include, and I think this goes back to you know that art school training is that I don't see why you can't put on all sorts of other things into a garment um, we do have to consider whether it's durable enough and whether you can wash it and all of those things but um, I like to marry uh, crochet with with knits but um, predominantly knits with a bit of crochet as seasoning <laughs> that's so cool that's so cool uh, do you have any other books coming out I know that you mentioned that you had written a couple of books I'm going to mention um that you've written a couple of books. Do you want to tell them what they are and then if you have any more coming out? Um, yeah, they were called Inspired Cable Knits. And the second one was Inspired uh, Feral Knits. So that was the color work angle. Um, I, it's funny, actually, people keep asking me, you know, like, are you working on another book? And um, so the short answer is yes, 
but is it coming out anytime soon? It's definitely no. It's kind of like in my head in the works, um, and there are a few preliminary notes and sketches. It's just a little bit beyond the idea stage, um, but I keep getting sidetracked and not actually getting down to it, um, and I've got a couple of people in my corner who are like saying, okay, you really should sit down this year and work on that because um, I actually think it's a really good concept, um, which, of course, you know, I wouldn't, you wouldn't want to spend a chunk of your life working on something you don't think is good, but um, so I really would like to kind of get to grips with that this year I think but I said that last year and it didn't happen so maybe uh, maybe it should happen this year <laughs> if, yeah. if if it's percolating in your head like can you give us kind of some clues on what what the direction of the book is um, it's heavy on the inspiration side alright <laughs> so it's just a vague podcasting now <laughs> I, <laughs> When I have an idea for something, um, you know, when it's not completely fully formed, you don't want to talk about it too much because somehow that takes the sort of the impetus out of it. It's like I, I like to keep it inside and like percolating um, until it gets to a much more fully formed self before I actually talk about it. I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Okay, so here's a question for you. If I were to ask you, in your Ravelry what is yeah. one of your favorite patterns? So not out of all the patterns you have, but out of all the patterns you have in your Ravelry Well, you know, I think I would probably go with the one that is my latest publication, which is a couple of months ago, go now, a few months ago, um, and it's called Adelaide and Spadina, which okay. is actually an intersection here in, in the city. Um, it was a collaboration with Indigo Dragonfly and in, in Kim McBride Evans' yarn. I love her sense of color. I love collaborating with her. And, in fact, we were chatting over dinner last night, and uh, she gave me another, like, spark of an idea that I'm, like, dying to get to. Now my ha knitting hand is back. I'm trying to swatch it. I'm going off on a tangent, aren't I? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's kind of a, a, a new technique that I'm really um, exploring right now is, like, um, dropped stitches, so on purpose, so that you create ladders, which you can then either embroider into or you can have them move and, and travel around the piece. Um, I've just done one based on this whole sort of series. It was published by uh, Sweet Georgia Yarns. It went live two days ago. It's called Sea Thistle. Um, and so that's part of this new thing that I'm working on. So Adelaide and Spadina is one of the um, series, and uh, it's in my Ravelry um, in store. Very cool. I love it. I love it. Well, Fiona, it's the time of the show that we give away a prize. And I know that mm -hmm. you have offered, um, I, are you giving away one or two prizes? I didn't, I, I forgot I, to ask I you. I was going to give away four copies of, of, of Adelaide and Spadina. Well, there you go. Four copies. Yeah, the, the pattern for it. Um, and then I, I was going to go, um, I'm just trying to remember if I've already set this up, but I'm going to go into Ravelry and put um, a discount um, up on my, um, you know, my store patterns for listeners later today. So we can, okay. uh, we can have, add that to the equation as well. Oh, that would be fantastic. All right. Well, then sit back. I'm going to explain how this works to all of the listeners because there are um, some new listeners today, so I'm glad they're all here. Uh, so here on the Yarn Thing Podcast, everybody, we are blessed enough to have guests that come on the show that offer prizes. 
um, usually to call-in listeners and to people who leave a comment on the show notes. If you are listening live right now, please pick up your phone and give me a call, 347-539-5589, 347-539-5589. I know some of you have that on speed dial already, so you don't have to have that number anymore. So when you call in, just so that you know how this works, the number shows up on my actual computer on the switchboard, and it just has the phone number. Like, I don't have names. Um, later on, I go in and I add a name, so that way I know who I'm talking to or what the numbers are, but um, I don't have any names. So I don't know who you are when you call in, but I want you to sit there in that switchboard and just hang out. As far as I've been told, because I haven't called into my own show, um, you're able to listen to the show through the telephone on the switchboard. We will give away three of those patterns to call in listeners today. So we'll give three of them away today. So don't forget that we're giving away three to the call in listeners. So don't hang up after the first one. Don't hang up after the second one, but you can hang up after the third one if you didn't win. Okay. So that's the first way you can win. The second way you can win is by leaving a comment on the show notes, as I mentioned earlier. The show notes are always available at marleybird.com, and that's M-A-R-L-Y. I do not have an E in my name. Marleybird.com, if you go to the drop-down menu for blog or the drop-down menu for podcasts, you'll find the show notes for all of the podcasts we do. And so all you need to do is have the show notes for today's episode, or if you are listening to another episode, find the show notes for that episode. In the show notes, you will find a brief description, like a brief synopsis, synopsis, of what we talked about on the show, including links and images and all of that good stuff, so that way you don't have to go back and search for everything. But at the bottom of the page, there's an area for you to leave a comment or leave a reply. So that's exactly what you're going to do. You will leave a comment that includes the keyword that Fiona will give us here in just a minute. And when you do that, that enters you for a chance to win your free copy of the pattern, okay? When you have your comment on there, you can rest assured, all right, you're entered. Even if it says it hasn't updated yet, we always make sure all the comments are approved before we go back and choose a winner, which is typically about two to three weeks after the original air date of the podcast. Now, why do I wait so long? I, like many of you, have a very busy life, and I know that I can't go and listen to a podcast immediately when it comes out. I go back, and I might wait a couple weeks. And so I want to give you the same opportunity to win as the people who are able to listen live. So we always choose the winner about two to three weeks after the original air date, which means even if you've caught this podcast at a later date, if you're still within that time frame, you could still go leave a comment on the show notes and have a chance to win the prize. I want to remind everybody that the comments must be on the show notes at marleybird.com. I love getting your comments on Twitter, on Facebook, on Ravelry, um, where I don't can't think of where else you might, you might leave a comment for me. But if you want to get a chance to win, you must leave your comment on marleybird.com, okay? And here's why. I'm going to bring Tammy on the line. Tammy is my social media Medusa. She's the one who does all the show notes. And she is going to actually help choose a winner from a previous podcast, and she is going to get the keyword from Fiona. So here you go. Let's get Tammy on here. Hi, Tammy. Hey. Hello, ladies. Hey, Tammy. <laughs> Hi, Fiona. Um, so the comment, we're going back to a couple weeks ago when James Cox um, introduced his junior line, which is uh, young men's designs or, you know, ladies uh, that would like to 
wear some some of his designs that he's created for uh, grown-ups. Some cute stuff. So um, when he was on the program, we had lots of comments on his um, episode, and people needed to use the word junior as their code word. So uh, the random number generator selected Lori's comment. She said, I will definitely check out the James Cox Jr. collection for my grandson. So great comment, Lori. I've already sent her an email. Um, Fiona, the uh, the comment winner, have you picked a, a word that they should use in their comments? Ooh, I had, but now I realize that it's supposed to be one of these that you use in a sentence. Is that right? Uh-huh. Um, that would, I was that works go with, great. I was going to go with Art Deco um, because I've just taken a lecture series on the subject. That, you know, that would really prove that somebody was listening to us. Right. They, <laughs> it's a bit tricky to get it into a sentence, right? Yes. So that would be wonderful, I think. Okay. Art Deco it is then. Thank you right. for your wonderful designs. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Tammy, and congratulations to the lucky winner of James Cox Knits. That's always a hell of a hard time saying that. <laughs> All right. So Art Deco is your key word, everybody. Make sure you include that. Maybe you can say how, you know, maybe Art, maybe you have to look up what Art Deco is. Maybe this is a good learning opportunity. <laughs> that. that would be good. Okay, Fiona, you have 38 callers. So I'm scrolling up and down all of the colors on the switchboard. When you tell me to stop, I will lift my hand off the mouse, and wherever my cursor is, that will be the lucky winner. Okay, stop. Oh, all right. So that's area code 508. 508. Hello? Oh, they're listening to the show. They are. Yeah. Obviously, there's a delay. Hello? Yep, it's you. Can you hit mute on your... Is it me? Yes, it is. Can you hit mute? Huh? Can you hit mute on the podcast? There you go. Hi, who's this? Karen Grand Prix. Hello, where are you calling us from? Huh? Where are you calling us from? From Milford, Massachusetts. Very cool. It's, it's nice and cold up there right now. Yes, we had a snowstorm yet, the other day, day before yes. yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Um, I kind of missed your first name. Did you say it's Karen? Yes. Hi, Karen. Welcome. Hi. I'm glad you are listening to the show today and you enjoyed the conversation with Fiona Ellis. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Karen, you are the lucky winner of one of her brand new patterns that is available on um, Ravelry. It's one of her um, patterns in her Ravelry store called Adelaide and Spadina. Is it Spadina or Spadina? Spadina. Spadina. It's a super cute cardigan pattern, and uh, you're the lucky winner. Thank you. Congratulations, Karen. Thank you. So, Karen, what I need you to do is I want you to email me winner at yarnthingpodcast.com, winner at yarnthingpodcast.com. Make sure you include winner at yarnthingpodcast. Yarn. What was that? Yarn what? 
Thing, T-H-I-N-G. T-H-I-N-G, yes. And podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Okay. Dot com. Okay. Okay. And what I need you to do is um, include your, should she include her Ravelry ID, Fiona? Um, sure, yes, yeah. Okay. All right, so include your Ravelry ID, and, and when you do that, uh, in the subject line, make sure you let me know what it is you want, so that way I know, okay? Okay. All right, and there you go. That's how you're going to get your prize. Okay, thank you. All right, congratulations. Thank congratulations. you. Thank you. All right, very cool. So we'll pick two more winners here. So I'm scrolling once again. You tell me when to stop. Um, stop. Oh, that's the very last. Um, so it's 7.08. Let me click on this, and it's connecting. 7.08, hello? Hi. Hi, who's this? Hello, Sarah. Where are you calling from? Chicago. Hello, Sarah from Chicago. <laughs> Have you enjoyed the show today, hon? Oh, very much so. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, Sarah, you know how this works. We do have a new uh, email address, though. It's winner at yarnthingpodcast.com. So if you send me your Ravelry ID, we'll get uh, a link to the Ravelry patterns sent to you as as soon as possible. All right. That sounds great. Congratulations. Congratulations. Hi to Fiona. I'm sorry, what? I said say hi to Fiona. Oh, hi, hi, Fiona. <laughs> hi there. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Oh, I wanted to say I really enjoyed that uh, that stitches story you told at the beginning. That oh, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm glad, I'm glad you're listening. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. All right, Sarah. Congratulations. Okay, so Theo, one more time. Tell me when to stop. And stop. All right, that is area code 484. This person's been on the line for a while. 484, hello? Hey, Marley, it's Caitlin. Hi, Fiona. Hi. Hi, Hi. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Fantastic. Have you enjoyed the show today? I did very much. It's always fun to hear about designers and kind of what's going on. I think that's so cool how, uh, Fiona, you started out and you were making things for, like, companies for the ready-to-wear. That's just kind of amazes me. (laughs) Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Enjoyed the show. Well, Caitlin, you get to use the new email address, winner at yarnthinkpodcast.com, and uh, we'll get the pattern sent to you right away. You know how this works, Chica. Yep. Perfect. I will send it over. Awesome. Congratulations for listening today. Thank you. Thanks. Sweet. So there you go. We have three call-in listener winners. If you were not chosen as one of the call-in listeners, don't forget, you still have a chance to win. All you need to do is leave a comment on the show notes that includes the keyword Art Deco or key phrase Art Deco. Um, Manipulate that in your comments somehow, and that will enter you for your chance to win. And then, Fiona, you mentioned you were going to give a discount to the listeners. I am, yes, to my, uh, you know, any pattern in my Ravelry store. So I should um, send that over to Tammy so she can add it to the show notes. Is that correct? 
Yeah, that would be great. So whatever whatever you end up doing as far as a discount, we'll put it on the show notes, everybody. We'll also post it on Facebook also, so that way we can, can make sure that you guys all uh, are privy to that information. And uh, so make sure you stay tuned. If you haven't had a chance, go check out Fiona's Ravelry store. Check out all the wonderful, I mean, simply beautiful patterns. Pick one out, use the discount, and you will you will fall in love with Fiona just like I have, you guys. She's She's awesome. She's awesome. I'm so glad you were able to come on the show today, my friend. Well, thank you for inviting me. And uh, hopefully it won't be, you know, too long before we actually see each other face to face. When do I get to see you next? I'm not sure. Um, I, I don't see our schedules colliding. So maybe I'll just have to come to Denver. Uh, you know what? I think that needs to happen. We just need to do some <laughs> sort of like a like a designer's getaway, just get all the favorites together and just have it just be us. Just have a good time. I know. I know. We really, we totally should. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make special brownies and we'll have a really good time. No. <laughs> I'm, just joking, everybody. I'm in. I'm in. Even without the brownies. <laughs> That's so funny. That's joking. Don't I don't need emails. I, I don't, I'm not doing that. Just so you know. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Give my love to your lovely husband. And until I, will. I Again, I will be chatting with you online and following along with you because I think you're amazing. And uh, I just, I love being able to say that you're one of my colleagues and my friends. Likewise, likewise. I always follow along and I love that we're, we're friends as well as colleagues too. It's great. It's awesome. All right, hon, go take care of yourself. And I really think you should get that tattoo. I think that'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely looking up for some ideas for tattoos now. I have to wait a year, apparently, but so I've got a while to think about it. But, yeah, I will. Awesome. Thanks I love for it. having me on the show, Molly. Talk to you Thank soon. You okay, bye, hun. Bye. <laughs> I absolutely adore her, you guys. Fiona Ellis is just amazing. She is so full of just joy and love and just pure sunshine when you see her. I just, I don't think I've ever seen her in a bad mood. I just adore her. Hopefully you get a chance to fall in love with her as well. As I mentioned, go check out the Ravelry store uh, for Fiona Ellis and um, you'll find a bunch of patterns for sale. Uh, You'll see, like look through all of her designs that she's done and you'll see a bunch of different designs that you might be like, oh my gosh, she's the one that made that. Like she's she's just amazing. She's absolutely amazing. And if you want a chance to win your very own copy of that sweater, make sure you leave your comment on the show notes. Once again, they're available at marleybird.com and you will find them in the show notes list right there. So let's go ahead, hit our happy vibes music. There it is. Doesn't that make you happy? It makes you so happy. We will be back on Tuesday with my friend, Kara Gott Warner. Um, we're going to talk about her podcast and the new adventures that she's been having here in the mini world. And so I'm excited to talk to Kara once again. Um, until then, let's see our sponsors, Buffalo Wool Company, Bird. I want to be a person for all of you.